Welcome to Crystals, Clits, and Climate, where we explore the intersections of spirituality, sexuality, and sustainability with your host, Hannah Pang. Hi, everyone. I hope you are all staying safe and healthy and at home. Following up on our last podcast episode where we spoke with Christina Disler, we wanted to follow up with some bonus content that was focused on working from home and just wanted to get some of her insights into how to stay well when you're working from home and how to manage this shift in our relationship to work and how to use it as an opportunity to reflect and to reset. Please let us know how you're getting on in this new paradigm. So enjoy this conversation and stay well. If you want to come with me, gather around and won't you see? Okay. Hi, Christina. Thanks for joining me. We just launched your podcast episode about work and wellness. We had recorded that conversation a little while ago, pre-global pandemic. And so with so many people working from home, just wanted to touch base with you again and get your thoughts and insight into one, how people can stay well while working from home and also use this as an opportunity to reconnect with themselves and with their purpose. Absolutely. By now, we're at least in Canada, like we're a week and a half into when most businesses shut down or closed operations and it became very real. And I think there's multiple stages of us going through that process of almost like grief of what we thought we knew does not exist and the deconstructing of these constructs. And also there's so much fear that's going on and and it's because we can't really contain, we don't know how this is going to pan out. We don't know how to control it. Mortality is on the table. And I think the challenge right now as a baseline or like the first initial steps is we actually, we can't enter into a state of creativity until we manage and mitigate that fear component. And when our amygdala is flying off and we're in fight or flight and our cortisol levels are high we're flooded, right? So we're not able to get into prefrontal cortex and able to actually think really logically. So as initial steps, it's like, how can we soothe, create spaciousness for what our experience is, but also get out of that really spiraling fear state? How can we navigate that, take care of ourselves and put our oxygen mask on first when there's very, very real stressors in our environment? And so it's hard to get into like spirituality and go up that pyramid to self-actualization when we're really concerned about our basic needs. The basics of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, some of those are on the table for people. So I'd say like as first steps, it's like tending to ourselves, little practices that can soothe and really just creating that spaciousness, even though we're in a time of isolation How are we still connecting with the outside world? We might be in isolation, but we don't need to be lonely. And I think sharing our experiences is really key, a really key component to that. So whether that's with a friend or in an online community, yeah, I think those are just like the basic steps before we can get into work hacks and and how (laughs) this is going to change and the, the, you know, the paradigm shift is has arrived. And ironically, like the work that was one of our like tiles on Instagram months ago But now it really has. Resiliency is what we need to like lean on right now within us. And that is the ability to adapt. But there's a few little pieces that either enhance resiliency or deplete it. 
is really a time for taking care of self and that our ability to adapt when life as we know it has kind of been flipped on its head. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, that dynamic of survival versus spirituality. Finding the spirituality in in survival and finding the survival in spirituality um, oh, and that sure. relationship between the two as a like flow like on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs but then it also like totally, totally reminds me of the chakra system and like yes our survival at our root chakra going all the way up to you know our crown chakra thinking about you know our connection to the universe and our higher purpose and everyone else around the world for myself I've been on self-isolation I was just in London and came back and went straight into living on my own without seeing anyone. And I've done like two early 6am, I say run walks, because like I'm not a runner, and I end up (laughs) going watching the sunrise and then uh, and then walking home. And I started sobbing, looking at the cherry blossoms. And I mean, this is so in line with your work. Yeah, like what your contribution is to the world is that like the interconnectedness amidst these crises, I'm looking at this cherry blossom bloomed tree And crying, being like, it's so beautiful. Like, I'm not sitting here in sadness. They continue to create such beauty and contribution to this world. And, like, we are so small on the scale to even, like, one singular cherry blossom that, like, dies and rebirths in this process. And the cherry blossoms don't care about the economy and what's going on. (laughs) And I don't know. It's just this really bizarre moment of, like, wait, if we can just open our eyes And that groundedness that can happen by being your nature and looking at the connectedness of nature and looking at how irrelevant we are, even though we damage it, it's crazy, crazy perspective. And so now I have this little thing where I talk about the cherry blossoms and cry. And I know that the (laughs) cherry blossoms aren't going to be here forever, but like, can we celebrate them? Like there's so much to still celebrate and there's aha moments happening for people on a global scale right now. And, and can we open our eyes and just like ease into it with a little bit of surrender and a little bit of believing, mm. not knowing necessarily like what exactly that is from a cognitive level, but from like a cellular level, can we just surrender and believe a little bit? Yeah. And it's not the easiest thing to do, but I recently redid this was around getting really clear on my core values and my own vision. It's really like, this is why I exist in the world. And this is what guides me through it all. And I think during a storm in which we are in, and we are kind of in the eye of the storm, except for the eyes usually calm, but there is some calm, I hope that's coming for people now. If we can recognize that life is an experience and there is no final destination. And sometimes we're going to be in the tropical storm. It might even be a hurricane. Like that's kind of what we're in. We can actually start to enjoy the journey, even the challenging trying parts when we get really connected to our why, because what our why does, like, why do I exist? What am I here to do? And it's not again, like build businesses like that are profitable. It's like, I exist on this world to help create aha moments for human, to elevate the human collective or whatever it might be. We then, it's like we're a sailboat and our, and our keel, I don't know if everyone's familiar with 
the shape of a sailboat, but there's a keel that keeps us weighted so it doesn't topple over. And it just feels like when we get our why really rooted and anchored, we end up getting this super hardcore balanced keel that like, yes, it's going to, it's going to go from side to side. We're going to go up and down through the waves, but you can start having fun and riding the waves because you're like, okay, this is a shit storm. Like I'm unattached to the fact that I might lose my business. My business may not make it through with the cash flow and circumstances. And there's all these factors, but like this will not determine like I, this is not a failure. This is an opportunity. This is painful. This is so much suffering. This is challenging. There's also an amazing opportunity for learning and growth and development through it. And like, again, if we're connected to our why, it becomes this like, just like it like helps facilitate this internal alignment. And and the values piece in there is really key too. I think if we, if you haven't done any values work, I think it's really, um, now is kind of an interesting time to dive into it because we do have the earth has slowed down and like operations have slowed down. And so people are going to, I hope, start to get a little more embodied and less on the hamster wheel, less outward focus. And it's going to create this yin experience where we're going inward. And so it's actually a prime opportunity for people to start like, connecting to their bodies and their sensory experiences. And so one of the reasons why I connect that to values is usually if you haven't done values work, start to notice where do you get triggered? Where do you get like a, that pit in your stomach or you're like, I just got like flushed with rage. I just got this, like this experience, like you might not even be able to describe it, but it's like, you'll know when something's tapping a value based on like, what is your physiological response? there's so much benefit from understanding your values because then you also just realize like, this isn't about them. This is just a core value of mine. And I'm realizing there's a disconnect in like how they're showing up and, you know, or this encounter has activated this, but it just creates some more insight and more personal education about, you know, this is your compass to weather the storm. These are my values. So really how we like tap into resiliency and, enhance it and improve it and support it is around our belief systems. What am I contributing to? Like what's bigger than me here? And I think this has been the existential crisis that we've all been presented with is what is this all about? Like not just the pandemic, but like life. Am I contributing in a meaningful way? Like what is my like internal narrative? Am I part of something meaningful? And for some people that can be religion or it can be like our why, like our own personal vision statement of like, what, why am I here on this earth? Like, what am I trying to contribute? What am I trying to do beyond, oh, I crunch numbers all day. This is a real deconstruction of our identity to our work. Ironically, with our kind of ethos around the work is that it's like we're looking at consciousness and our the connectedness between consciousness and work and our relationship to work. And I think this is actually like, this is our work. This is like what we're talking about is going inward before we go outward, going inward and checking in to our sense of self, our sense of wholeness, our sense of interconnectedness, peeling back the layers internally and getting so internally connected and into that intersect. But then also still in in the act of doing, we can't just all go inward because that can end up, you know, introspection can end up into quite like a deep bout of narcissism, but actually it's like, how are we contributing then to the outside world? And I think this is like a really beautiful opportunity that 
the opposing forces of like contraction and expansion. Like we are in this contraction state, but there is ample opportunity for that expansion, but we have to open our eyes to it. And I think that's such a good, at least what I found is when we get into the survival mode and we're in the fight or flight, just like stopping and taking a breath and slowing down and opening our eyes is what then stops the panic. Um, Absolutely. Because you do just like settle in and surrender of, yeah, I'm here, I'm existing in the world and there's a lot going on around me, but I'm just here existing and breathing. And that's really all you can ask for in these really crazy times. To your point, a lot of what I'm hearing from my community is that it is bringing up a lot of questions about not only identity, but about work and your purpose Mm -hmm. and your relationship to work and how it fills your life and how that's what you spend the majority of your time doing. A couple things to discuss there. One, on an individual level, do you have recommendations of if people are feeling like their relationship to work is shifting because they're now working from home and they have a little bit of a different perspective? on the work that they're doing what are ways are there like journal prompts that you can suggest of people to start to think about and more deeply consider their relationship to work and what they want to do and and their purpose we don't know where everyone's at in their own kind of self-exploration journey and so it's hard to have like a one solution fits all but you know, I think often we'll be like, okay, so here are my skills and this is what like (laughs) I'm good at and these are the top companies I want to work for it's like kkk let's you know, again, that's very outward. Let's, I think the best thing to be doing while we have this potent fertilized ground to be, even though everything feels shaky and unstable, it's like we actually are being provided this opportunity to go inward. It doesn't mean we have to be inventing businesses or coming up with something. It's like, I read this this morning with John Kavat-Zinn. There's a massive difference between doing nothing and the act of non-doing. And it's the difference is intention and consciousness. So can we leverage this time to not do nothing, but the act of non-doing? Can we actually be like, okay, let let me sit into it. Mm. Let me sit a little bit in solitude, even if it's five minutes a day. Let me sit with my thoughts. Let me tend to whatever's coming up. Let me connect to people in a really meaningful way. And that being said, I just wanted to tap in. We have, we launched this thing called the WorkNet, which is, you know, we built a community in person with our co work space. We then built out resources through content being produced online. And now we're actually trying to engage our community online. And so I highly recommend people sign up. It's free. Everything's free. There's no money exchange. We just want to like connect people during this really trying time and support them and elevate them in the work they're doing. But one of the things that was said in a talk yesterday that was done by a therapist was, around how like vulnerability and sharing our vulnerability creates a state of trust, which then creates neurobiologically an oxytocin release. And that same thing happens when we see people. So get on FaceTime, get on Zoom when you can. And it doesn't always have to be deep and dark, but like vulnerability looks like a bunch of different things. Being like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now and I can't make sense of it. And just saying that and seeing someone on the other side of a screen, we will get an oxytocin release, that introspection, but also we might have awareness and awakening still in video chats and conversations with people. 
Yeah. yeah. So we had a like a company wide call yesterday and did a big check in on how everyone was doing. And yeah, everyone was really honest about how they were feeling about the state of the world and how they were feeling about their parents who, who are in vulnerable situations and being able to express how we were feeling really honestly with our coworkers was a huge point of connection. And so I think that's also something to be discussed in this moment is as you're tuning into the core of who you are and your values, how are you then expressing that more fully through Mm -hmm. your work? As you're doing that for yourself, how can you bring that increasingly into the work that you do because yeah everything is kind of up in the air at the moment so how can you use that as an opportunity to transform it to be healthier and more authentic absolutely and i think there will be a massive shift in how businesses are run after this and it's about time yeah what do you think the, the future of business will look like after this there's a new paradigm approaching where like we can't be leading businesses from a patriarchal standpoint of like fear and this intense hierarchy and you need to be in your desk nine to five we've actually gone to show through this example that like the businesses that have survived and are continuing operations remotely they're running remotely and so what does that look like when it's no longer necessarily pay for time like a a money time exchange and like I'm watching you but it's like actually just pay for performance you know that's what the exchange is so there's a sense of autonomy and trust that's had to be like injected into businesses and so in order for businesses to then retain talent or like get their talent back they're gonna have to have a massive overhaul in how they run them and Mm -hmm. so I think there's a real opportunity for like an injection of consciousness into how we lead companies and how we lead teams and how we communicate yeah and it's gonna be that compiled with like the economy is going to, there's still going to be so much suffering after even when businesses are back in, because there is going to be a natural way for businesses to be run with fear because of scarcity mindset. But really when we're in that fear, we're not creative. And so we're not going to have those creative ideas and out of the box ideas. If we then like white knuckle on to what we feel like we can control within Mm -hmm. a business and what we know. know and what we know. And like, it's going to be an overhaul of the systems and we're going to see like, you know, we don't know like how long this is going to be. And I think we're going to see a lot of really innovative ideas that come out of it. Yeah. And I think with vulnerability, that is how you get to adaptability and resilience because you're only adaptable and flexible if you can put yourself in, in those new situations and you just have to figure it out. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's a big like, fuck yeah, to all these amazing women who have been through some shit and are now like, yeah, I'm fucking ready for this. I'm ready to flip over tables and I'm ready to redesign the systems because they're obviously not working. Um, And these like rigid patriarchal structures are now crumbling. And I think there are a lot of big questions that a lot of women and a lot of really creative, innovative people are now stepping up to the plate to be like, okay, this is this is a really big opportunity for a big redesign of everything that we yeah. know. <laughs> yes. And we're not going to wait. Like, we're all equal. We're all human. I think this is what COVID has really taught us is we are all one. We are all interconnected. And why are we going to sit back and wait for the giants that got us here, the corporate giants, the patriarchal systems, all these things. Why are we going to wait for them to come up with the solution they got us here in the first place? 
for anyone listening, a lot of wisdom within everything that you just said. So take this as a big opportunity to go inward and spend the time with yourself. Take it as an opportunity to get off the hamster wheel, even if you're still in your job and you're just working from home. Where are the opportunities for you to step up to the plate? Take a look at the state of the world and what's needed and how can you show up more authentically and honestly there. Be open to the possibilities of what the next few months as well as the future holds. So thank you for chatting with me as always. So insightful and so much depth and wisdom within everything that you say. Oh, Hannah, you're so kind. I appreciate it so much. Okay, bye, Hannah. Bye. If you want to walk my way, gather around, but don't you say you will ever find your way alone. Won't you come? Thanks for listening to today's episode of Crystal's Clits and Climate. Music for today's episode was provided by Los Angeles-based artist Lauren Desberg. More of her content is available on her website at laurendesberg.com, on Spotify, and Apple Music. As always, make sure to subscribe for the next episode. You can find us online at crystalsclitzclimate.com and on Instagram at crystalsclitzclimate. Thanks for listening.